We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. Amen. I believe God has something great in store for the Relevant Church. Um, I was attempted to say a few things to to um, to your pastor upstairs, but I did tell him that what happened this morning is about to be the norm um, here at at Relevant Church and and um, and those that wasn't here this morning. What happened? He he felt like there was no one or came in knowing that there was no one that was going to be baptized, but then turned around and ended up baptizing three this morning. Amen. Yeah, that's enough to get excited about. And that is about to be the norm here because what's about to happen, I feel I feel like real revival is about to break out in the church. Amen. And I don't care what your background was or is, it doesn't matter when the Holy Ghost and the and the Spirit of God takes over you. Amen. What you thought you were, you will, you will not be that anymore. And so I believe that something great is about to happen in your family. Amen. Because I believe there's some people in here that got some loved ones that you are concerned about and that you are worried about that might be on the path that's not leading to something good. But when the spirit of God comes upon them, God can turn any man around. Amen. Somebody, he can turn any woman around. And, and then the fact that you got a hungry group of teenagers over here that, that is looking for God to do something Amen. In their city and in their family and with their friends, I believe this is going to be one of the greatest years that this youth ministry has ever seen. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say that again. I believe this is going to be one of the greatest years that this youth ministry has ever seen. Amen. Something, something is about to stir up in the city of Niles, Michigan. Amen. Amen. I went upstairs and the Lord told me, and I'm going to get to the word in a minute, but the Lord told me, go look back at that Acts, the 16th chapter. And what made, um, what made the leaders of Rome mad was because they said, these men have come to trouble our city. And that word trouble doesn't mean to bring conflict. It doesn't mean to bring problems, but it meant to stir up. These folks are stirring something up in our city. And I came to tell Relevant Church that y'all are about to stir up something in the city of Niles, Michigan. And I just need about 10 or 15 people to get excited that I even have enough nerve to stand up and give God praise for what he's about to do in your life. Come on. I dare you to give him a real praise this morning. Oh, come on. Open your mouth and shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. And so we, we're going to have a little bit of church this morning. I'm going to try not to be too long because I know we got a baptism service. And so I'm going to try to get through this as quick as possible. Amen. Y'all going to help me preach this morning? Amen. 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 The, the, they told me that 930 was going to be quiet, but they got with me this morning. And so 1130, y'all got something to prove now. I got to talk back to me. We're going to have a, a, a little bit of church this morning. Amen. Let's go to uh, Zechariah, the first chapter, verse number 17. And we're going to pick up. Um, we're going to pick up Romans, the, the 10th chapter and verse number one. Amen. Zechariah 1 and 17, uh, 
Brother, Brother Salman, Sister Salman, somebody, can you, if you give me just a little bit more on the floor, amen, that'll, that'll help me, amen, to not feel like I'm yelling. I know y'all don't want me to yell at you all day, amen, so if you give me just a little bit more, that'll help me, amen, to, to, to not let me get in the way, amen. Sound systems are very prophetic. They, they help the preacher and they, you know, they can hinder the preacher. So and some, when, when the sound is just right, it, it enables whoever's ministering to, to focus on ministry and not trying to hear themselves and not trying to be heard. But it just helps them just to focus on ministry. And so, that, that, you know, it ain't too many places I don't go. I don't ask for a little tweak, but I hope not to offend anybody. But, you know, just so we can, you know, let the Lord use us as he see fit. Amen. Let's go to Zechariah 1 and 17. Um, and it says in ver- one verse, and I'm reading from the King James Version, it says, Cry yet, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, My cities through prosperity shall yet be spread abroad, and the Lord shall yet comfort Zion, and shall yet choose Jerusalem. Amen. Let's read that again. Cry yet, saying, and the word cry, I told him this morning, does not mean to whine as a baby or to fall out or to throw a tantrum. But the word cry here means to express very emphatically. Amen. And the word yet means until something happens. And so what the prophet Zechariah is called to do, he's called to let this message out until he see what God said. And I was listening so closely to the song that they were ministering on this morning. It says, I'm going to see his glory. What he speaks, I will what? I will see. And so what God is saying this morning, he said that what's about to happen in your life is that through prosperity, I'm going to yet spread you abroad. Meaning what was hard for others is about to be easy for you. What took others a long time to get is about to happen quick and easy for you. Through prosperity, I'm going to yet take you to where you never thought you would be. I heard the young man this morning say he heard things that he never thought he would hear. And God is showing him stuff that he never thought he would see. And that's the purpose of the church. That's the purpose of God, to show you your life in a way that you never imagined. Some of you never imagined that you would be sitting in church on a Sunday morning. Amen. But something happened on the inside of you that you heard a message in your heart said, I got to get to relevant church. I got to get to something that's going to help me get somewhere that I never thought I would be. So he tells them that I'm going to yet spread you abroad. And then he says, I'm going to yet comfort Zion, meaning he's going to empower this church. He's going to fortify you as his people. Can anybody use God or use a little more strength from God? Are you, can, can anybody, can, it, it doesn't mean that you're weak, but sometimes you just need God to just put something up in you to help you stand a little bit taller, to help you square your shoulders a little bit more. And so what God says, I'm going to comfort Zion. And then he says, I'm not going to leave them there. I'm not going to allow them to be looked over. I'm not going to allow them to be forgotten, but I'm going to yet choose Jerusalem. And I want to just encourage you real quick this morning that you are not forgotten. Oh, come on. Somebody talk to me. Say, I'm not forgotten. I'm not forgotten. Man may forget me, but God did not forget me. And so we flip over to Romans 10 and verse number one really quick, and we're going to move really quick this morning. It says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And I want to use for a topic this morning or this afternoon, I sent Pastor Mutar one message, and the first one I had was just said, Lord, save us. But as God began to deal with me early this morning, he told me to add 
this, he told me to change it this way and say, the Lord will save us. And the reason why we change it to the Lord will save us instead of just Lord save us, because Lord save us sounds like panic almost. It sounds like a people that's losing hope. But when you say the Lord will save us, it changes your, your stance to hope. And, and what we got to become is a people of hope. You got to have hope for your family. You got to have hope for your circumstance. You got to have hope for your own self to know that God is not going to forget get about me, knowing that God is not going to look over me, knowing that God is never going to forsake me, but God is going to perfect those things which concerns us. And I thought about the story, the scripture that says in Philippians 1 and 6, it says, being confident of this very thing, that what God started in me, he's going to finish. And, and that's enough to get crazy and go crazy right there, because what God started in you, he's going to finish. He's not going to have do a job. Ain't that some of the worst things to do with? You hire somebody to come and fix your house, and then they have do it. They leave stuff unfixed. They leave faucets running. They leave stuff ain't, ain't tightened up. But God is not that kind of man. He's not that kind of person. What he started in you, he's going to see it all the way unto perfection. And so this morning, I want to leave this word of hope in the next 10 or 15 minutes that the Lord will save us. The sole purpose of the book of Zechariah, when you look at Zechariah, the name Zechariah means that God remembers. The whole purpose of this, of this book of Zechariah and the whole mission of Zechariah is to remind the people that God did not forget about them. And it was to remind the people that they got to look to Christ. Zechariah's studies showed that he prophesied more of Christ than all the other prophets except I. Isaiah, meaning Zechariah, an Old Testament before Christ ever came on the scene, was pointing people in the direction that someone and something is coming that's going to deliver us. That something and someone is coming that's going to deliver us. And if ever God needed people now, he needs them now to tell people that God is a deliverer, that God is a savior, that God is a changer, that God is a mind regulator, meaning that God does not look over us, but he looks on us. Amen. That's enough to shout right there. God does not look over you, but he looks directly on you. He knows every circumstance in your life. And can I tell you something? He has a way to get you out of it already. He has a way to get you out of it already. So our mission, our mission as preachers, our mission as a church, our mission as saints and believers is to lead people to Christ, to point people to Christ. So I like what Romans 1 and 16 says. It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the reason why we cannot be ashamed of this gospel, the reason why we cannot be afraid to preach about Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is the power of God at work in everyone one that believes. Amen. If you want to see change come in people's life, don't tell them about a car. Don't tell them about a, a house. Don't tell them about a career they can have. But if you want to see a change in somebody's life, you start talking to them about Jesus. You start telling them about a man that died for their sins. You start telling them about somebody that loved them beyond being loved. See, 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 we live in a society that loves us when we do what they want us to do. 
We live in a society where people will love you as long as you march to the beat of their drum. But the minute you do something they don't like, they'll fall out with you. They'll quit. They'll go block you on Facebook. I don't, y'all don't do that in nows, do you? They, they'll, they'll block you on Facebook. They, they won't answer your phone calls or your text messages. But it's something about Jesus Christ that even in when you are in your worst condition, he's just sitting there saying, I, I'll clean you. I'll fix you up. I'll change you. It does not matter how low you get. I hear Isaiah say, that the hand of God is not shortened, that he cannot save, neither is his ear heavy or stopped up, that he can't hear you. It does not matter where you are, what you've done, where you've been, how long you've been there. There's something about God that he'll reach you if he have to reach way down. Oh, somebody said, he'll get me if he got to reach way down. If he got to scoop down, he'll scoop down and pick me up. Amen. And so we got to get back to telling people that there is a savior. We got to get back to telling people that you don't have to be lost, that you don't have to be, that you don't have to be out there, but there's an ark of safety. There's a people that will love you. There's a church that will embrace you. There's a God that will cleanse you. There's a God that will give you and I think that is the biggest poison in the world today unforgiveness people that can't let go of stuff you can't let go of who you used to be and what you used to do but there's something about the power of God that it'll make you forget what you used to do and it'll make you embrace who God is about to make you can somebody shout glory to God this morning and so it tells us that, 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 that the gospel of Christ is the power of God. It, it, it leads people to salvation. And who is it leading? Anybody that believe. And so number one this morning, all you got to do is believe. Can you encourage your neighbor and say, neighbor, all we got to do is believe. Uh, see, 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 folks, church and religion has made salvation seem so difficult. It has made salvation seem so unattainable, so unreachable. But the first initial step to salvation is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning, if God has said, all you got to do is believe me and I'll show you how I'm going to do the rest. Uh, you, you'll wake up one day and all of a sudden, stuff that you used to want to do, it's it's like the desire for it is gone. You'll wake up one day where you used to respond and the way you used to feel about people. All of a sudden, those feelings are gone. And all of a sudden, you'll feel love in your heart. You'll feel joy in your spirit. You'll start smiling when you ain't got no reason to smile. When you should be frowning and falling out, it will be something on the inside of you that's just happy, that's just full of peace. And nothing bothers you. Nothing is disturbing you. And that's what salvation does. It puts you in a place of total peace with God. And so baptism Sunday, baptism Sunday, when the word, the, the, the whole purpose of baptism is to make us one with God. And what better world would this be if people just became one with God, if they became one with their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I got to move on here this morning. And so number two, uh, number one, we got to believe on God. And number two, we got to look to God. We got so many people now that's looking to their friends, looking to their careers, looking to people to help them and even looking upon themselves. But we got to learn to look to God. Psalms 121, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. And he says, from which cometh my help? He's asking the question, where does my help come from? And he lets us know our help comes from the Lord. Can somebody just take a second and just look up? Just see, when you, when you start looking up, see, y'all don't even realize your whole countenance just changed when you just lift your head up. It's something about when you lift up and you look up, it perks you up. 
And too many of us are down in our spirit. We're down in our mind. We're down in our emotions. But I just want to encourage you to look up. When you leave Relevant Church this morning, you leave here walking with your head held up high, knowing that God is looking out for you, knowing that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, according to Isaiah 54 and 17. No weapon formed against me shall what? Shall prosper. And so he tells us in Hebrews 12 and 2, he says, we got to look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, meaning God is the one that's going to start it and he's the one that's going to finish it. I got to move on. And so I've been hearing the scripture. I want to leave this scripture with you, John 3 and 16. It's the whole premise of why we believe because God so loved the world. Can you encourage your neighbor and say, God so love you. He just don't love you, but he so loves you. See, it's the difference between loving somebody and so loving them. So loving somebody is, I know everything about you. I know what you're thinking right now. I know what you thought yesterday, last month, and the week before that. <laughs> but I still love you. See, see, it's a difference when somebody loves you. They love you for who they know you are right now in this moment. But you, I could be one way right now before you and be something else later. But God said, I know who you are now and later. So I'm going to love you anyway. And so since to prove, to prove to prove that he loved us. He sent Jesus to die for us. I know Marcus ain't even got on the scene yet. I know he ain't coming to another 2,000 and some years later, but I'm going to die 2,000 years prior to that so he'll know when he get there and he feel like ain't no hope. He'll look back and say, but Christ died for me and it'll give me hope anyway. So he so loves me. Somebody shout, he so loves me. So, Relevant, I came this morning to encourage you, to challenge you, and to inspire someone, to inspire someone to just believe on Jesus. Ah, uh, if you just can do that, everything else will fall into place. And we, I was talking to, I was talking to Nathan this morning, and one of the, one of the plays of this new modern day church is to get people around the idea of just, of just natural prosperity. That's one of the greatest deceptions of the enemy in this last hour, is to have us caught up in what we drive, to have you caught up in where you work, to have you caught up in what you, where you live, to have you caught up in the clothes on your back, to have you caught up with if you can go on vacation or not. That is the greatest trick of the enemy because so many people are losing their mind over material possessions and that's not why Christ came. Now, if you want it, you can get it, but you're going to have to work for it. But why Christ came is so that we did not suffer and die and go to hell. So, so we got to get back to Jesus. So, so somebody said, we got to get back to Jesus. We got to get back to Jesus. He's the only thing that's going to save. I hear, I hear Acts the fourth chapter saying there's no other name given to men whereby we can be saved other than the name of Jesus. And so Acts 16, Acts 16, um, I got to touch this because, because uh, it, it makes salvation seem as simple as it is. So in Acts the 16th chapter, Amen. Paul was one of the greatest evangelists, missionaries, and preachers of the New Testament. Paul was preaching. He was preaching so hard, folks was getting saved. He was stirring up cities and communities and regions, and, and people, were, people were leaving what they knew to follow Christ. And, and I think that's what we're about to see through the relevant church. I feel and sense that folks are about to start changing their mind about y'all and changing their mind about God. And they're going to say, it's something stirring, it's something happening, it's something moving, it's something shaking. But what happens when something's, you got to get ready, because what happens when, when God starts moving? And the devil started working too. 
And so, so, so there was this woman, there was this damsel, the Bible said, there was this damsel that was following Paul, and she was saying all the right stuff, but had the wrong spirit. She was saying, oh, these men have come to show us the way of God. These are the men of God. And so, and Paul got so vexed, he turned around and told the devil to come out of her. And when he cast the devil out of her, the men of the city got mad because this woman was a little prostitute. They was making money off her. They was doing all kind of stuff. And they said, man, we ain't going to make no more money off her now because now she done got saved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's about to happen. Folks about to get saved and we about to start shutting the devil's kingdom down. His business and operation has got to come to an end when God's kingdom start. And But what happened was they took Paul in silence and they beat him and they beat him and they beat him. And then they told the man of the prison, he said, you got to watch him. And so the man threw him in the inner prison. It's bad enough to be thrown in prison, but he threw him in the inner prison. He threw him way down in the prison. And then he, when he threw him down in the prison, he put their feet in chains and See, God, I want to paint the picture because what's about to happen when you start praising God in the next few minutes is about to do what, 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 what God did for Paul and Silas. He's about to do for your family. And so they got him down there, had him in chains, had their feet bound up. But what Paul and Silas did, instead of complaining, instead of uh, getting mad, instead of getting angry, the Bible say Paul and Silas started praising and singing God. And that's why in worship service going, every, going forward every Sunday and every service, that's why you can't afford to come in here and not praise God and not sing to God. Because the next time you start singing and praising to God, what's about to happen? You, you're going to start feeling free in places that you were never free before. I'm going to say that again. What's going to happen when you start clapping your hands, when you start shouting amen, when you start saying thank you, Jesus, you are about to start feeling free in places that you never felt free before. And some of you sitting in here, you're bound in your mind, you're tied up and you're confused, but I feel freedom coming in the room this morning. And so the Bible says that when Paul and Silas, they see they, 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 they got to praying at the most obscure hour of the night. It was at midnight. It was when most folk give up at midnight. It was when most folks can't see they break through. It was at midnight. But Paul and Silas said, I feel something. And so what they did, they started clapping. One of them started clapping and one of them started praying. And while one was praying and the other one was clapping and singing, the chains begin to break. Can we take a minute and practice for a second? Can somebody start clapping and can somebody start praising God? Come on, praise him until you feel better. Praise him until you see better. Praise him until it looks better. Come on, somebody shout glory to God. So they praise. They praise God so hard, brother. They praise him so hard that, 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 that not only did Paul and Silas get loosed, but the Bible said everybody in the prison. See, you can praise God here and God has set the whole state free. Y'all ain't talking to me this morning. I feel like preaching now. I, I feel some way. I feel, I feel my roots waking up in me now. See, you can praise God so heavy right here that your son in another state can get delivered. I think somebody need to take another second and praise God for another 10 seconds. Come on. Without any interruption, come on, get on your feet and let's praise God this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, say it with me. Hallelujah. So to make a long story short, they were praising God and, and everybody got free. And not only did the chains fall off, but then the next thing that, that I didn't catch this morning was doors started opening. 
Can I prophesy to you, Pastor, that door is about to open? I don't, I don't know what you need, and I don't know what you and your wife need even financially, but doors are about to open where you have been struggling, where you have been wrestling, where you have been worried, where you have been contemplating. God said he's about to take the burden and lift it. He's about to open the door. All they had to do was praise and pray to God. And so... And so as the doors open, as the doors open, the, the, the keeper of the prison, and I'm closing, I'm going to close this. As, the, as the, the keeper of the prison, the keeper of the prison said, you know, he, he got a little panicky. He's about to kill himself. He was about to take his life. And, 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 and Paul and him said, don't do yourself no harm. And so the man said, well, what must I do to be saved? This is what, I said all that to get to this point. Because when we say the Lord will save us, and we got to understand what is being saved. And so he said, what must I do to be saved? So to be saved, he had to believe on the Lord Jesus. So then you asked me this morning, well, what is being saved? Being saved is simply this, that where I was supposed to receive the penalty, God rescued me from the penalty. That's being saved. Being rescued from the penalty of my own mistakes. Now, I heard the pastor say that ain't no perfect people in here. Me standing up here with this mic, I done made more mistakes probably than half of y'all. But where I was supposed to pay the price for what I did, Christ interrupted the verdict of the judge and said, I know Marcus is guilty. I know he did everything that y'all charging against him. I know he told every lie that y'all said he told. I know he done slept around with everybody y'all say he slept around with. I know he done did stuff that y'all say he's doing. But he ain't finna pay for it. He's not gonna pay for it. And that's what God, that's what, that's what salvation does. It keeps us from having to pay for our mistakes. That's why we're saved. Because we was on our way to hell. And we was enjoying the trip. You know, everybody don't come to God because they was weary, worn, and sad. Some folk was living it up right in the club and just the one thing, and they heard God say, get out of here. Folk was, was, was taking a last beer and they last drink, and they heard the Holy Ghost say, put it down. Making your laugh pus, your laugh, your last puff of your cigarette, and the Lord said, nope. I got better for you. And you weren't, you weren't sad and depressed. You was having fun. But Christ said, nope. I'm coming to give you joy. You having fun, but you ain't got no joy. So I come to give you joy. So why do we get baptized? We get baptized because it's an outward symbol of our inward confession. That I want my friends and family to know that me being washed in this water is what God has washed in my spirit. Washed internally. I ain't doing this for show, but I want you to know. It ain't a show, but I want to show you that what I feel for God is real. And some of y'all probably a little scared of the water, but I, I want to challenge, I want to challenge a few more of y'all to get in there. And some of y'all been in there before, but I want to challenge some of y'all to get in there again. And let God wash you again. Let your family know I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. I've been changed. And as I and as I was saying a few minutes ago. And, I, and, you know, I kind of cut it, cut it down. But the greatest choice 
can make is giving your life to Christ. That's the greatest choice you will make. And, 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 and in my personal life, I've been having to repent to God because as a preacher, as a pastor, sometimes you get caught up in so many other things. You know, you get caught up in, you feel like you tell folk that they get a healing, you tell folk, and, they, and I'm not speaking against healing. I believe people need healing. But I, I was like, you tell folk they can get a job, and I done seen people come through my ministry, get jobs, they leave church. Tell them they're going to get a car. They come, God bless them with a car. God will do it. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. God will do it. If you're broken here now, I can pray one prayer and you'll never be broke again. God will do it. But I hear the scripture say, what profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Ain't nothing wrong with getting a car and getting a house and getting the money. But don't get it and lose your soul. Because when you die, you can't take it. No way. You spend all your life working to get stuff and as soon as you drop dead the stuff that you counted so valuable folks will throw it in the trash it ain't that important but I had to repent and God has been telling me you got to get back to preaching to people about me and so I knew it just wasn't just wasn't out of happenstance to be here this morning but I knew it was by the will of the Lord Pastor Mouton and I was talking and he was saying where his heart was and I said, man, that's exactly what the Lord has me. Preaching to people about Jesus Christ. Telling people that we got to get a grip back in God. And I want to encourage you to hold on. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.